0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Squidge the Podcast. Today is the last episode of 2023, and I am super excited because it is going to be me speaking with my coach, Camille Walker, from Abundance Breakthrough, about what it was like to coach me and the things we worked on over the last six months. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Squidge the Podcast. Today's episode is an exciting one, but also kind of a nervy one because I am here with Camille Walker, who's been on the podcast before, and it's not Camille that's making me nervy. It's what we're going to be talking about. (laughs) We are going to be breaking down the last six months of my coaching, essentially, that she has done with me. And we are going to be sharing with you very vulnerably, uh, a lot of the things maybe that I said or felt, um, some of the blocks that we've uncovered and yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to hear, uh, Camille's perspective on what it was like to coach me as well. (laughs) Cause I know, (laughs) I know what that could be like. Um, so before we bring Camille on, I want to read the very first thing I wrote in my journal after, um, My coaching with Camille, the very first coaching, July 5th, 2023. It says, today was my first full coaching with Camille and it was dot, 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 very interesting. (laughs) Her approach is unlike anything I've seen before, but it has definitely brought some things to the surface. I don't think I deserve happiness or I'm resistant to it. I don't believe my creativity can bring me abundance. I'm blocking my creative power from coming forward because I'm afraid of my power. I feel unsupported and like, no one will defend me, which is why it hurt when my husband didn't at one point. Uh, And then I said, part of my coaching is 21 days of forgiveness. I don't think I'm going to have too much to forgive. (laughs) And then, (laughs) so I'm going to leave it there because I'm pretty sure we're going to uncover exactly how much I had to forgive. (laughs) oh that's yeah very
1: thank you for having me back on the podcast first of all this is such an honor to to hear that it's you that we're talking about yeah. um and that most people come in with you know that very thing like you know I don't I don't have anything I need to forgive or anything <laughs> uh, why do we have to do this and I'm like well we don't do this we won't get to the root of some of the issues, because, you know, the work that I do is, it's unearthing, I call it, we're unearthing things, we're stirring things up, we're shaking it up, and so when we do that, we're going to discover there's some things that we were unaware of, that happened, that we're going to have to deal with, so with that said, I think that's where the resistance came up, (laughs) number one, I do not need to do that.
0: I've, I've let it go, exactly so I want to know um, if you can remember back to July 5th for you like the, like we had met before that we had talked I think, well we did the podcast and then we had talked prior to that pre before um, and then I think we had like a general meeting you and I did before yes. I signed up to be um, coached by you um, so on July 5th after you did the unexpected, according to my journal, what, what were your first thoughts about coaching me on, on that, like at the very beginning?
1: Well, I thought, okay, first of all, this is going to be a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I <knew> it, <laughs> And I love challenges because when I get really bright, smart, accomplished women, who are well-read and very informed and very in tuned with themselves, what they normally think, the resistance is, well, I've done it all. I mean, I don't have very much, but what I saw in you was you were open. See, that's the difference. You were open to letting me come in and find out what else is there that you can't see. So that's, that's the challenge, is allowing me to do it and then being open to what you see.
0: Oh, I was so squishy to even hire you. Uh, not because of you. Like, obviously, I pushed past that because it was you. Um, but number one, like financial investment was a big one because I was I'm not making the same amount of money I was when I was doing photography full time. So it was like quite a large investment for me. But I also knew I was like, I think if anybody can chip away at this, I feel it's going to be Camille Um, because of the way that you asked questions to me um, in the consultation that we had together um and like i got so much just out of our consultation i was like oh shit she knows she knows <laughs> <laughs> she knows too much already but i knew that you wouldn't you wouldn't um i think one of the things being a stronger personality is that times when i've went to therapy not to downplay the therapist or things like that but a lot of times people would placate me, almost, or, or if they knew where I was coming from, but I knew you wouldn't, you would push back at me the way I do to other people. And that's the only thing I would ever respond to. So yeah, so that was awesome. Um. So tell me for like that forgiveness exercise that you sent me through. At first, I was like, like I mentioned in the thing, like quite resistant to it, because I thought I had like, let go of like all these things. I was like, well, I don't think about them. So they're obviously not present. Um, you know, these are things that I've dealt with and moved on from. Tell me where that that process came from for you, because I told you that you should turn it into a course and allow people to be certified because I've been telling everyone about it. <laughs> so, um, but like, how did you come up with the, the 21 days of forgiveness, I guess?
1: Well, I think, you know, most people don't want to think of that as a process you do in a lifetime or that it takes a long time. So 21 days is sort of that, you know, nuance that we say when in reality you used it over weeks, right? Much longer than that. So I have to make sure that I'm addressing the resistance that comes up if I said, oh, it's going to be a lifetime of forgiveness or 30 days or 90 days. So that's where it starts. And of course, that's something that you'll carry with you for a lifetime because things will come up again. So that's the beginning of the framework. And then it came from my own story, which is so funny, you know, corresponding with where I am on this journey. Um, I didn't think I had anything to forgive, right? Mm. I do that all the time. I thought But there were some things, places that I hadn't wanted to go in my life that were squidgy and I didn't feel good about them and I could just put them over here, right, and not deal with them. And so I thought I got to go deeper because I would look in my life and see that those situations were coming up in other areas. So if you have a problem with boundaries, right, then you look up and I had a path of problem with boundaries in my relationships, right? So growing up, I really had a problem with saying no Mm. and not pleasing people. And even my parents, I was a yes person. Yeah. So, but what that did is that drove me into being a person that couldn't say no. So in my business and my relationships and my finances, couldn't say no. So that's what drove me. I'm always into, what am I struggling with? how do I go deeper and how do I develop a process that I can help other people with? Cause that's just what I like to do. So that's how it came about.
0: Yeah. Well, I am very thankful that you did that, did that because the next week we met, I came back and I was like, so turns out, <laughs> I have three pages of people and situations that need forgiveness all the way back to like kindergarten when I peed my pants in kindergarten and the teacher because the teacher wouldn't let me go to the bathroom when I asked and I was humiliated like all of these things that I was like I for like because I'm the type of person that also learned how to say yes or just to be easygoing so that my parents could have an easier you know I wouldn't burden them Uh, I learned how to sit in my feelings and be like, okay, is it worth making a fuss about? Or is that just going to add to the burden, make it worse? And so I would, quote unquote, let it go. Um, But turns out it didn't go anywhere except for just into my body uh, and into my subconscious. So that way, anytime I would, this is, I'm like, this is probably why I don't like, um, like people telling me what to do or asking for permission. I would rather just do it because I can't trust that the person's gonna trust me that I know myself best. Like, it was just all of these stories came out of the woodwork. It started with the big ones, of course, like um, when I was sexually assaulted and raped and like really big stuff like that. My dad dying, there was a lot of anger there. But then it was like all these really stupid, tiny things. That I never forgave that were just like hanging out and really contributing to a lot of the a lot of the things that I think about myself. And a lot of the words that came up um, for me, I'm just trying to go through my journal here. But I believe maybe you have it in your notes because I think I told you like the words that came up over and over for the forgiveness, was like, I was always betrayed, let down, humiliated, like those were the constant ones that always showed up for me. So naturally, as an adult, running a business, those are going to be the things that I'm afraid of now, being hurt, betrayed, and humiliated, like it's going to hurt me that much more than, you know, something else. I don't I don't know what the other things are that people experience, because I'm not them. And
1: you know why we talked about um, one of the things that we're not aware of is feelings buried alive, never die. Mm. Yeah. And so when you think about that, you think they're dead, right? They're not dead. The feelings aren't dead. And you haven't thought about the thought, the feelings come alive when they're prompted. And so that's what those exercises are designed to do. And so you fell right into the trap. I call it my trap. There's nothing
0: (laughs) there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because basically, if I could say, like, part of it is where you just have to, you write out all the things that you can think of that you would like to forgive for. That's it. That's like, basically, the prompt is like, just write out, there might be a few, there might be a lot, don't worry about it. And so once you start, you, it's, (laughs) there's a lot. (laughs) But I also one of the cool things about that exercise, like you said, it was for 21 days. Um, of doing it but I continue to do it like just breaking it up so I would do it like one a day and like take one thing a day and work through that one thing every day um, but I also realized I actually started to use it also for real-time feelings that hurt so yes. when I when I feel that like that thing come up again whatever that is where I feel squidgy when somebody says something to me or calls me out on something or does something to me, uh, I will go to that forgiveness practice and do it immediately instead of waiting another 40 years to, to uncover it later so that it doesn't have a chance to sit there. It helps me put it into another perspective.
1: Yeah, when you you don't stuff it, and you can deal with it in the moment, then you don't allow it to fester. Yeah. And um, so that was really, that's why I said it's a lifetime tool. It's like, but you can't explain that from the beginning, how this is going to serve people until they decide to be open to it
0: see this is why I like you because I you know who you're talking to so you knew like if you were to tell me like oh yeah this will be forever you know that I'd be like no it won't uh like I would <laughs> I would d- be resistant to it right away because I'm like oh, I don't think so I don't I'm like maybe for other people but not for me like that individualism that comes mm-hmm. with being intellectual and uh independent right like very much right. Uh, So, but you were like, no, it's just for 21 days. And then I'm like, oh, this is good. (laughs) Like you let me decide, which I think is like a really like powerful approach uh, for working with strong, independent humans.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. People who are smart. I I always say you're, you're smart, but you're wise. But at the same time, it's like, you're open. I love that about smart people. They're open though. Mm. They're curious right? And that's kind of my thing. I'm always curious, like, well, let me see. And that's how you were. Let me see.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's like, well, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And you, but, but I think that's like a really, I don't know, to be fair, I haven't been coached that much. So I can't really speak to that. But I also think that is an approach that I take where questions I have found are much more effective than telling somebody what to do right so just right. give it a try see how it feels if you don't like it whatever but like letting them ultimately decide think for themselves and so on now yeah. one, of the, one of the other things that came out of the forgiveness exercise for me at least was recognizing the like while I would say this is the person that hurt me what I realized and I think we talked about it so you can share your like what you found um but I would realize after writing through it that who I really wanted to forgive was myself in a lot of those situations
1: yeah you did Um, and you came to your own conclusion with that um just with more powerful prompting it's not always questions it's just prompting those promptings bring up those memories that have been dormant And the intuition is what told you, you needed to forgive yourself. So again, you have to be prompted to do that. And you were really good in that once we got you into it, it just took a life of its own and you couldn't stop it. Right.
0: Yeah. And it was really, really, really powerful for me to, it was empowering for me to recognize that, like recognizing that, yeah, these people were part of the story they did a thing but obviously i can't change the thing but recognizing like i having en- i have enough empathy that it's easy to understand why maybe they did the thing that they did that it helped before as a protection mechanism it helped me um into intellectualize the experience so i could put it aside in order to move right. forward yeah. Um, yeah
1: perspective Um, and if I may add the other thing is remember it talked about and this is my own philosophy but uh, how other people come into our life as part of our plot twist like we're an actress actor in our own play and we have to have a villain or we have to have a situation or something to give us a plot twist our life would be kind of just sterile right So you're, when you could step back and see, okay, that was a situation, not necessarily a villain, even then you were able to go, huh, need to forgive myself either for allowing that or participating in some way and keeping it alive. So you were able to do that really well.
0: Well, and I think a big part of that, again, comes from being with like working with somebody that allowed me to feel safe enough to like really dig into that because that's a big thing for especially people that fear humiliation and uh all of the like being judged and not being seen as good is like well if i tell you this you might use it against me um mm-hmm. you created an environment where i was able to ex like to allow myself to get under it to be like no as taylor swift says i am the problem it is me <laughs> but Not that I was the problem or I caused that thing to happen to me, but more so that I had to, I was blaming myself for those things, just not, maybe I wasn't actively blaming myself, but the fact that I held onto it wasn't because of the other person. I had already forgiven the other person. Who I didn't forgive was me, which is why I held onto those things because it reinforced the story that I was not good enough, that I was not, quote unquote, good, like the good girl enough. Um, and so that a lot of the forgiveness exercise really helped me to realize that it wasn't the other people I had to, like, I let that that go. It was the empowerment of recognizing like, oh, no, I'm holding on to these because it reinforces a narrative. So let's talk about my narrative. <laughs>
1: Well, I have a list of what I call, you know, where we started the work from, Um, because, I mean, again, when you came, you said, I'm stuck, I can't move forward, I don't have the clarity that I need. And I, you know, my question was, why do you think you're stuck? And it was like, well, I don't know. And I said, well, you know, if you weren't stuck, what would you do? And you were able to really answer that question. And that's how I was able to start going into, okay, what's underneath this thinking you're stuck. Mm. So we talked about your narrative was you felt guilty about a lot. That was the first one I wrote. I mean, guilty about how making money came easy to you, how life kind of goes your way and how it affected others or how you perceived others perceive you. That was kind of the first big one that we kind of went, where did that come from? Because that was holding you back from wanting more because you felt guilty for what you already had. You want to speak to that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing was like being able to see it now is like what I, what I wanted before was, was to me what I thought I should have wanted right? Like that, that was the thing. So like when that didn't fulfill me the way I thought it should or whatever, the thing that I truly wanted, and I think I told you this was like, I just want to be a wood witch. I just want to like, uh, I want to retreat a lot of the time and I want to be able to show up and have creative freedom. And I want to like have this life that seems actually less less on paper but more in me and uh, so that's what kind of started that unraveling of like okay so why do you feel guilty if you were to have that and then I think um a lot of the things we unpacked were um because if I was to take a route that was untraditional or non-traditional like that which to be fair my whole life has been non-traditional anyways but it was but it still was able to look good on paper does that make sense? Yeah. And so to take this other route where it's like, well, I want to lead a rhythmic life where when I'm on, I'm on, when I'm off, I'm off. Like, that's really hard to explain to people. And what will they think of me? um, If I can't explain who I am to them. And I think what I had said to you was like, I've never not known who I was. Um, And we realized as soon as I said that, that that was because I was who everybody else wanted me to be. So it's easy to be those things. So the last six months have really been us trying to dig away to see like, okay, but what do you want? And right. what,
1: what do you really want? Not yeah. even what you
0: want. And yeah. why why do you think you can't have it? Um, mm-hmm. Which was the big thing. And so, yeah, so it was really early on, I think, um, early, earlier on in the coaching, I think when I realized... Like a lot of the stories that I carry around, the guilt around working uh, or like not work being fun and enjoying my work and having it be creative and not stressful. uh, I did feel incredibly guilty about it because growing up on a farm, my dad um, would always say, well, like, there's no reason to be lazy. There's always something to do. If you're not sweating, you're not working hard enough. Like there were all these like stories over and over and over again that, which for some people like that. Like I know my sister and my mom love to be busy. maybe. Oh, well, they think they do anyways. Um right. but like, I realized I don't. And I told my mom that, like, after we had been coaching, and I was like, I want an easy life. I love to daydream. I, my favorite part of being on the farm was laying in a hammock with a stack of books, the wind, like feeling the wind on my face, like seeing the sunlight come through the trees and being able to imagine. Like that is the life that like, that was my favorite part. It wasn't hauling bales and it wasn't picking rocks. Like when the rest of my family would go pick rocks, I would be like, I have to go to the bathroom. So I'd go to the bush and then I would find a log to sit on right I could just dream about being a fairy in the forest like but But you
1: were so tied up with not having that it was so funny to like like let's loose that up we had a hard time getting that like it was a a rubber band you know that won't like come on we've got to stretch this yeah you were so resistant to letting go of the identity your family had placed upon the work ethic and how we do things, and how your siblings had done things. You didn't want to let it go. And do you remember why? I don't want to steal well, your
0: thunder. Well, I think the, there was the big part about my brother. I always wanted my brother to accept me. That like He's a big portion of um, a, a big part, because we're so completely different in who we are. But he's my older brother. And so his way of reacting is always to tell me that I'm not like it's not possible or it's not like very uh conservative I guess in that way but as a little girl all I wanted was my brother to like me kind of thing um at least that's what I'm pulling at was there something else I that I'm not remembering
1: that I mean that's it it was the brother was the big dominant force and then the more guilt came from your sister her life is not like yours and so you saw the contrast between, okay, I've been able to do this and her life looks different. And so you didn't want to lose that camaraderie that you had with your siblings because you felt like it was so different that you just didn't want them to not have it. At the same time, they didn't want it and they weren't open to you having it. Right. Yeah. And so they make you sort of like, well, of course you have an easy life. Of course, you know, things come easy to you. You don't have this. We have that. It's always that comparison thing when truly that's just stories, right? Everybody can have it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes. It was that competition piece. And that definitely, we even talked like literally a month ago, I, I think I did a podcast on, about when the woman saw me on the airplane and like, mentioned about like seeing me and recognize me and all of that. And I was like, my first thought was like, oh God, my sister's gonna be like she's gonna like it's gonna make her feel some kind of way. And I don't like that. So immediately I went to worrying about her. But I just sat in the discomfort and allowed it yeah. to happen. But, um, but recognizing that and then seeing that 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 was at the beginning of our conversations together was a lot of this. I'm afraid, my brother and sister won't will like me even less if I am to truly be who I'm meant to be because of um yeah because of the way that they have been in the past with me and that's not true my fault necessarily but also it's who they are and the best thing the best book I think I told you I ever read was like Byron Katie's Loving What Is That was the best thing I could have ever done for my relationship with my brother to get that process started of saying like, he's not going to change. So if I want to have a relationship with him, what do I, what do I need to change in me to allow that to happen? Um, But I think I still took it a little too far in that I would compromise myself in order to have that relationship with him instead of setting the necessary boundary um, until I did, uh, I think it was last year when I finally set a boundary where I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. Um, but, but, the, that... but the, it lingers so intensely. Yeah. A lot of it. I still think, I still think of it though. So, yeah.
1: We still think of it, but it doesn't have the sting as much because remember sitting in part of this coaching was let's sit in like a discomfort because you're going to get another test to see mm-hmm. how you're Dealing with it. So the plane scene was perfect. Like being recognized as an influencer, a celebrity, almost of sorts, and you're not just cowering down was a big deal because you'd realize, oh, look what's happening. So the awareness is part of it. And then managing your emotions and not letting them become a run, I call it the runaway mind train, where you're just, you know, a roller coaster where it gets out of control. You were able to do that. So we had to stop you and celebrate your progress because you are a busy, busy woman, even though you don't want to be busy, Mm. influencing wherever you go without saying a word. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you can't help it. That's who you are. And you didn't order that, right? You didn't sit down on the farm and say, you know, I want to be an influencer one day. And well, I just
0: want to be fair. A- I'm not going to like Camille. When I was younger, I was like, I think I'm going to be famous. I said that once oh, okay. out loud. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if I said it to my friend, but I was like seven years old or eight. Like I was I was young when I said that. Not not that I want to be famous, but right. but I literally said, I think I'm going to be famous. Um, or known for something. That's what I said from the time I was little.
1: Yeah. You know what happens when you do that? So just for your listeners, before we're seven, we're an open sponge in terms of our minds. So any ideas that kind of come in, it just goes in without any judgment, without any hows, without any, that's ridiculous. So the fact that you're admitting that now, you yeah. caused it to happen. Yeah. Um, so that's really,
0: you never said that to me. I love well, it. it. Just, that just reminded me of that. Cause you're like, it's not like you asked for it. I was like, well, actually I think <laughs> I, I did it when I was young, which was I so love good. It. And the, the interesting thing to me is like, like the, the farm I grew up on, like it was a town of like 500 people. We didn't have the internet, obviously, when I was, I don't think maybe it was just coming in, but it definitely wasn't the internet we have now um mm. so it's like so why would I think that like in what way did I think that like I had no expander to show me that it was possible like um so it's funny but it's funny that you were like it's not like you asked for it well, well you know I think so
1: I I look at us as when we're born we have a gift that we have to unwrap it's inside of us our parents don't know how to unwrap it they just do the best they can but there's something pre-wired for a certain desire mm. and you had it and it just, and then you set it like, yeah. okay, you came here to earth for that. That's really, really cool. And you maintained it in some way. It's just, it got squidgy when people started putting labels on you. And that's what happens to everyone in life. Everybody starts to put labels. Remember I told you stickies. I have, I yes. put these, I do exercises. That I my was such a good
0: sticky. There was such a good sticky, yeah, such a good exercise.
1: Yeah, you put stickies all over yourself from who's put them on you or have situations put them on you. And so when we were working together those months, we were taking them off, going, Is this a sticky I want? Did I do that? And then going, Nope, letting that go, right?
0: Yeah. But
1: we become what it is we really want to become, which was. You know, yours was, if I could just be unapologetically me, that's what you said to me. And I said, let that be the goal. Yeah. More of that. And then we had to deal with the fears, though. (laughs) Let's go
0: into (laughs) fear. That's
1: that's where you got another squeaky (laughs) level.
0: Yeah, because it's one thing to, like, get rid of identities that I consciously can be like, yes, this is no longer serving me I don't want it, but then you're like, okay, cool, that's easy. But now you get to add new ones on, and I'm like, what? <laughs> that's where the difficult. That's where all the fear came from for me is like, oh, but if I take on this, then people are gonna think this, or people are gonna say this, or certain people are going to be this way, um, and 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 can yeah. I make money that way? You yeah. Know.
1: Money thing was huge. I mean, that's where you really cause resistance. Remember, I'd ask, "Are we ready to decide what we're creating?" Because money is about creating. It's not about. We think of it as some rote exchange, but it's like it's a creativity. Then, in exchange, people bring you the money that you desire. And I kept asking you several weeks, like, "Okay, what is that?" And you you were like, "Well." I'm thinking about it and I was like okay we're going back to that every time I'd open the session up it was so funny I thought she's a runaway but I'm gonna get her you're
0: like come back yeah it is true I noticed that that was one of the things there was one conversation in particular I think it wasn't that long ago I think it was like two months ago maybe um (laughs) where you're like you're avoiding the question yes I was like oh sorry because it's just like It's so much easier for me to talk about the other stuff that, yeah, to talk about putting a number on what not, like, you're like, how much money do you want to make next year? And I was like, well, I mean, it doesn't, you know, here's what I want to do. And (laughs) and you're like, that's great. But also we need to put a number on it because you obviously need to live in a capitalistic world. So you have to put a number on it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you really resisted that a lot. But we had to go beneath that fear. And that fear was about other people and being perceived a certain way. And can you really have an easy life where you're relaxing and traveling and doing all the things that you want to do and create the life and the money that you really want? You
0: hadn't come to
1: grips with reconciling those differences. And that's what we started doing is
0: we've got to reconcile. I still am like... (laughs) though. No. <laughs> no, but I, I believe a bit more than I did before, for sure. Okay. Um, Because this year, this whole year actually was a really good testament to that for me, Um, in that I didn't really try to work. <laughs> because I have the privilege to be able to not try to work, I will say I had a very large amount of savings to be able to kind of help me through. And then I had the work that i Created last year to help me, but then what happened was, anytime that feeling of scarcity would come in, instead of doing what I used to do, because when I would stay busy before, I would feel that scarcity for a second, and then I'd be like, oh God, I got to do a fire sale, or I have to like devalue myself in some way to just bring money in to uh, and make myself work harder and give myself right. more stress in order right. to bring money in to appease that scarcity feeling by intentionally taking time away from that I was able to feel it but not do anything about it necessarily I didn't allow myself to cope with it instead right. I said we're going to sit here and explore this and say like, let's look at the bank account we're safe, we're supported and then Changing that mind shift over the whole year has been difficult. Don't get me wrong. Like literally a week ago, not even a few days ago, I woke up with like the anxiety of like, there's nothing on the calendar for like February or something. It's like, what are you going to do for like, that's what happens. My brain's like, what are you going to do about money in the future? And I have to be like, it's fine. We'll be okay. Look how we've done great this year. We're going to have a plan. It'll be fine. And, right. the, and even if the plan doesn't go the way that we intend it to, you the universe will help you get to what you need to get. Um uh, yeah, does that so like that shift alone, huge for well,
1: me? But we got there by, and just so your listeners know, you have to deal with those underlying beliefs and feelings attached. So we used, you know, my process, the limitless abundance breakthrough system where you have to release what is limiting, right? And where that fear is, but you have to remove the feeling associated with it. So those two R's are so critical and you have to go until you get the whole weed. Remember we talked about it's a weed that's been planted somewhere, either I can't do this, not capable, or I'm not good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, you name it. Or I'm not worthy. Or in your case, it wasn't those as much as, am I deserving?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there we we, uncovered there was a lot of shame um, that came up in a lot of my stuff uh, around like everything basically, and I and a big part of that had to do with a lot of the stuff I did through that forgiveness exercise was the shame I felt for certain things that I had participated in or things that had happened to me. Um, I held shame for those things and those reinforced those old stories of that.
1: They did. And we had to release those emotions, which we did. Um, And once we were able to do that, then we're able to free ourselves, right? You were able to free yourself to go and create. But without like love is the predominant emotion right we were born whether we felt love at home or not we were born in love we came through imperfect parents the world started telling us whether we should be loved or not but organically we came we were already loved but when we get away from that and shame and guilt and anxiety and you know i'm not enough and unworthiness those stickies. guess what it takes away your creativity Mm-hmm. It affects your performance. It affects your productivity and ultimately your income. And so that's why you were having a hard time with the money thing. It was like, wait a minute. We got to get the root of this emotion so that it allows you to open your creativity and receive. So the goal is to receive more of whatever it is
0: that you desire. Yeah. And that's what we did it. Yeah. Uh. And like, yeah. It was very hard, I will say. That was, <laughs> uh, you know, you coach me.
1: Um, well, I but, told you that the hard part would be not the thing you think is hard. The hard, it's harder to do this than to go out and do all the work that you do.
0: Yeah, and and that's why, that's why. And the other thing too is I think this stuff, like working through this, like really sitting with yourself, getting through to this, that's not as highly... On paper, it's not the thing, right? They're like, do you have a business plan? Do you have, uh, like, what are your KPIs? What are your, like, all the business lingo? Like, business yes. people care about that stuff. And right. so when I before when I was hustling and doing all this stuff, bringing in all this money, da 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 da, people were like, oh, you're living the dream and doing the thing. And inside, I was like, uh-oh, something. There's something out of alignment here because. I'm spending the money as quickly as I get it. What is that about? Uh, and I don't even I like this the thing that I'm doing. I don't even like as much as I used to like it. So right, what am plus I you're on the of?
1: treadmill, it was a it was a continuous treadmill too. And you realized it was like, wait a minute, is this all there is? I remember you're asking that question.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh this is not what I signed up for, right?
0: Yeah. So, and so yeah, so the to get to the root of that for me was really, really important. And I'm still picking at that weed, to be honest, and I will be for a while, because it is so deeply seated. Um, because that was my dad's story, also my right. mom's story, and it now is my brother's story and my sister's story. Like uh and you're I think not alone. It's
1: so common. I mean, that's my story even now. I mean, my dad is alive and at 87 he says some things now that I'm like what's he talking about like you're 87 he says I don't want you to be ashamed of your daddy but I didn't do any work today oh (laughs) I know I mean and he has still has an office because he feels like if he doesn't somehow he has no value in society
0: that part and that, that was, that was a big part for me was separating the value of me as a productive human versus just product uh, value as a human. Um, right. and unpacking a lot of those, like taking off those stickies a lot was really important to me because it's like, can I be that? Yeah. But is that really who I am? No, that's who everybody, that's how the, that's how the good girl gets love. Is by yeah. being super smart, high achieving, good grades, uh, great at sports. Um, like look at me, I'm doing so good. You don't have to worry about me because I'm quote unquote doing good in the society that we've built. But inside, I'm dying. Exactly.
1: You don't know how many people you're helping by allowing us into your life, Terry. I, first of all, I want to thank you for you know, allowing me the privilege to come in because it's not easy to allow that kind of thing to open up when it's been like protected so long and you don't know whether you're going to be judged or not, but you were you were just, even though you were resisting me, I could see you had a level of trust to allow this process. Yeah. So that's huge. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I have a number of things you peeled away that I thought, yeah. Wow, when I wrote them down, like learn how to sit in the squidgy space and not run
0: <laughs> Oh, and, and
1: not react. Yeah, that
0: was huge. That's, that's a big one, that
1: one. Yeah, it is. You know, sit in the discomfort and then not react and not run. Number two, learn how to ask non-threatening, powerful questions for yourself. And I think, you know, having that journal practice that you did where you did the week in between of work. Mm -hmm. Boy, that really got you in that uh, vein of allowing that for yourself. Then you were able to learn how to let things go. I mean, you know, a process for letting things go. And then you learned how to replace it uh, with what you did want. And um, keep going was another thing. But that being unapologetically you, you started owning that after a while. Like, hmm. I'm going to own that, and I'm going to give myself that plain slate to build upon. And so now you're building upon something that is a lifetime of up-leveling. I mean, think about it. Even if we get all the quote-unquote things we want, there's always a next level, a next version of you, and I can't wait to see what that is.
0: Yeah, I it, this has been such a good process and it's interesting because with self-work, I think a lot of times we don't necessarily unless we stop to be like, "Oh shit, I would have handled this very differently a year ago." Um, we don't it's harder to recognize. You don't have the milestone checklist of like, "Oh, here's your certificate that you finally you stood up to your parents or you know, like there's <laughs> nobody there to, yes. to say, "Hey, wait a minute, that you need to be proud that you did this when before, every time before, this is what you used to do. And now this is what you do. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. creating a new path. Right. And so I think people have to give themselves a lot more grace, myself included in that process. But I think that's why also it can be harder to invest the time and the money into coaching or into things like that, because we don't. We don't know what is the... How will I know when I've arrived? Knowing that there is no arrival ever. No, it's there's constant none. forever. <laughs> it is. But. but on the other hand, think about it.
1: Six months is not a long time to un- uncover all the stuff we uncovered and unearthed and replaced. Oh, Some no. sit in therapy for years and have no self-awareness. They're just going... Getting problems solved, but not necessarily being aware of who they are, taking off the stickies, uh, realizing what's underneath there, and really owning like who they really are. So, this interview, remember, I said, you know, coming to the end of our time, I said, you know, we're going to do an interview like this where we can talk about your progress. So, you'll have it as kind of your movie, right? And you yeah, said, no, I'm just going to have you on the podcast and we're going <laughs> to do it there, And which is so neat. But it, this is what everybody walks away with.
0: Yeah.
1: Once we work together. Some people work longer. I have people that um, have other issues in addition and they work a year. But six months is a good length of time to see yourself first. Here's how things are. Here's how things were. And here's how I want things to be. And we get to integrate that into your experience before you go out and forget about it. Because this is a continuation. This this act one, right? Or act Act, two.
0: Yeah, act uh, 500 at this point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean... But I call them, we're, it's a new act because yeah. we're just open to growth. Like you're open to growth. You know, you've got, there's a plan for your life. That's obvious.
0: Yeah. And, and to kind of like summarize everything. So when we first started our coaching, I went and I said, I don't know what I want. I don't know who I am. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. All the, Like, I don't know. I don't know. Was basically, <laughs> was basically it. So do I know who I am now? No. Uh, do I know what I'm doing? No. But here's what I do know, is that I'm not afraid of it. Uh, because I my words for next year are trust and exploration. Um, mm-hmm. Which before I was, that's when when I had said I always knew who I was, or whatever, I'd never not known who I was. Um, I am excited that I don't know who I am, because that means I can become who I want um to become whereas before it was scary like that that was the whole that's why I didn't that's why I hired you is because I was like I don't know what's underneath this but I'm afraid to know what's underneath this I'm afraid who is on the other side of this um so what was scary a year ago terrifying like existential crisis depression terrifying (laughs) Is now going into like 2024 with so much excitement and like relief almost like ease around we're just gonna like let ourselves say this is what I want and take the steps that we think feel right. Trust trust is the big one, trust the intuition, even if it doesn't make sense on paper, if it doesn't make sense to other people, it doesn't fucking matter. Just trust that process and lean into it. And a big part of that, uh, as we talked about, and I think it was the last coaching or maybe when I was in California, right before I was about to go to that event. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, oh, I just wish there was a way like when I when people are like, what do you do? Right. I was like, oh, I just want a word to be able to summarize like what I do, because like before it was easy that's the thing. It'd be easy for everyone else. Cause if I say I'm a photographer, oh, okay. That's what this is. It's not easy now because I'm like, I'm a human, just humaning and trying to figure things out and following my passions, uh, and my joy and my bliss. And, um, and in my brain, it's like, well, people are going to think you're unemployed. Let them, (laughs) let them think that what if instead they were like, tell me, like, tell me more about what that means. And I can be like, well, it means that when I do the things that I love, I actually get compensated for it. Now I'm expanding their worldview of what is possible for them. And if I know my human design is a manifesting generator, which is somebody that changes gears all the time. uh, I'm a futuristic person as Clifton strength says, I'm always leading the charge essentially, or like clearing the path for what is possible. Mm -hmm. So people can come behind me easier. And I believe a big part of that is recognizing that you truly can be and have what it is that lights you up. But we do have to get out of our own way. And that is why this process, why I wanted to share this process, because I had to do it. And so like, so I can't encourage other people to do that if I myself have not done that for myself does that make sense
1: it is true and that's why I told you whatever I've gone through in my life and overcome I'm like here I'm sharing with others um, in an empowering way now realizing I would have never been able to be on this podcast if the self-conscious Camille were doing this. She would have been just nervous and scripting. and But it's like your life is art. And I get to go and unearth and take away things and, and reinvent and help people really become the best version of themselves. I'm just telling you, it is just the most joyful thing ever for them and for me. So we're all in it together. Um, someone has been put in your you know, experience to help support you. And so that's that's what this is really about is get support. Most people can't, I couldn't do this for myself. You couldn't see to do it for yourself, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think for that, what do they say? Like ask and the teacher will appear or whatever. Um, that's what happened. Felicia introduced me to you. I had you and then I, we talked and I was like, oh God. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, let's get on the podcast first. And then on the podcast, I was like, uh-oh, I think I'm going to hire her. <laughs> and then, uh, which I did, obviously. But, um, but it was that like, again, trusting the intuition that this is what was right for me at the right time because I knew- I didn't want to be the same way I was that like at the beginning of the year. I definitely didn't want to be coming into 2024 and still feeling stuck, scared. Right. Those uh, I put quotations around stuck, uh, stuck, scared, unsure, um, and worried about what everybody else thinks of me. I didn't. Right. I knew I didn't want that, but I knew that I've taken myself because I do a lot of self-coaching with myself. But I've yes. taken myself as far as I can go. I need a perspective outside of me that knows how to ask questions in a way that is non-threatening and in a way that is curious and equally as excited as I am about what is possible on the other side of this. Um, mm-hmm. And you hit all the marks. So yay. Uh <laughs> so Camille thank you so much uh for coming on here and helping me unpack well this whole year obviously but um and sharing this I know you before we came on or started the recording uh Camille said she was nervous because she's never shared like client stuff because obviously that's important um but I was like well I'm giving you permission to share my stuff um with the world so go to it um But uh, where can people, if people do want to hire you, maybe 2024 is their year and they want to up-level themselves. I've already sent your information to like four people, by the way. Um, But uh, where can people find more about you?
1: Well, they can go to Instagram and Abundance Breakthrough. That's what this is all about. And they can also go to the website at CamilleWalker.com. And, you know, if nothing else, let's have a conversation. You know, people... I think it's the process of having that conversation, whether you know, whether you're ready for this work or not, because if you're not ready for this work, don't try it. Right. Because it won't work. It's it's a partnership. It's not me with my magic dust, even though I'm really good at it, it. It really is a partnership. But I think have a conversation also you know, you can, one of the things we did from the beginning, and I always tell people is you want to know what you really believe, let's do an assessment. So I have an assessment process where I can test your belief system to see, do you believe you're worthy, deserving? Where are your limited beliefs? So that's really the step that most people can decide from there if they want to jump into this process together. But it will help you become clear on where you are, if nothing else so oh, free, your, free to your listeners
0: yeah amazing thank you so much for being on the podcast Camille you know I love you and appreciate you and I want nothing but so much business for you but not too much because I still want to be able to message you when I need you
1: well I want <laughs> you, you always moving for you I love you you know that um this was a joy <laughs>